Welcome to the Made for Memories podcast, where we explore the sport and business of fishing and the great outdoors in Canada. Presented by Len Thompson and Northern King Lures. Here are your hosts, brother and sister duo, Brad Pallister and Jessica Pallister Dew. Let's do this thing. Okay. Um, so I think the one thing that we need to talk about in our introduction here, and just like you and me in general, not yep. to put you on the spot, is that you've been feeling guilty that we haven't been putting out podcasts consistently. Yeah. But I feel like when I was reflecting on this, that's just the reality of our podcast because we're interviewing people who are in the industry. And so we all kind of have busy times around the same busy times. That's true. And it's kind of, it can be tough. So, you know, we appreciate everybody who's taking the time to listen to us. And at the same time, tough if you don't get to hear our voices as much as you want to. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that that's very true. Um, I think it's been four or five weeks since we put out a podcast and, uh, and when Jess is uh, saying I'm, I'm kind of panic dealing with stuff is cause I'm actually leaving in uh, an hour and 11 minutes. Cause we are uh, talking to Derek with Lloyd Lake Lodge. Uh, and uh, I've been to Lloyd Lake a couple of times. Um, I do an annual father son trip no jess allowed um Aww. yeah my bestie mitch and his dad and uh, uh me and and richard and we try to bounce around in different lodges and support lodges that support us but we haven't talked to a lodge because we're we're trying to do business like kind of look at the business of the industry and see how how things tick under the hood and lodges are not one that we've talked to yet and we've been trying to get Derek for a while but again, he's busy in the spring. We're busy in the spring. And he graciously uh, volunteered that he's got a new Starlink system. Uh, so uh, he's like, I think we can do this from from the deck up at, at Lloyd Lake. So so uh, we're going to get him. We're going to get him on on the line. And hopefully, uh, hopefully it works out pretty good. And we have a good conversation about what a fishing lodge is all about. But yes, I'm leaving an hour, 15 minutes ish to go on my own fishing trip and and northern saskatchewan and hopefully uh yeah like i say it's an annual thing for us and hopefully not catch some fish lodge, though. not to Lloyd lake lodge no i've been there twice though <laughs> it's a great lodge um but uh we're we're doing a different lodge this year excited about that one too um spreading the love spreading the love exactly and uh and yeah and then we're dealing with pricing this time of year and yeah you know everybody's you know this new is products. Kind of new, new products and people are trying to get uh uh you know the pegs filled and production stuff and supply. yeah it's busy it's busy so but ready take a breath with me yeah you got this so yeah, i'm gonna be yeah. here holding down the fort yeah updating spreadsheets while you go catch fish yeah you'll bring some back for me though right i don't think so actually really we don't, we don't generally bring back fish no you'll bring some back for me right <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> it's catch and release fishery we eat uh for, for shore lunches and then 
we throw them all back other than that. So oh well, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to Arctic Lodges in Ray Deer Lake. And I was telling Christine this, and she's like, Oh, I just saw them on TV. I was like, Oh, well, for what? And there's a show called Alone. Do you know Alone? Do you know? Yeah, I do. I haven't seen it, but I know the concept. They they fly you out and then you're supposed to survive in the wilderness. Yeah, alone. Yeah. So apparently that's where they started is at the Arctic Lodge, the alone season, whatever they're on, started in Arctic Lodge. So oh, cool. So we will hear some alone stories, maybe. I don't know. I don't even know actually, what alone is, but um fun story. Uh Lisa Roper actually auditioned for that. Oh. Yeah, it takes a special type of person to like because she had to do an audition video and you know go off somewhere and record herself making shelter and finding food like you were only allowed to bring a certain amount of things so she probably could she probably could have done it though she's oh for sure she could yeah thousand percent not me no not me i'm more of a glamper yeah although i'm very jealous of your fishing trip well don't be jealous just go on a different one you just can't come on the father-son one you're not allowed that's okay maybe one day i'll be allowed on a different occasion maybe well let's let's talk to derek find out more about lloyd lake lodge and uh and then i gotta get out of here all right let's do this so just to just so i don't feel guilty while i'm talking to you the reason why i'm on a time crunch is i'm going to another lodge ah but as you know i like to spread the love on the lodge department 100 yeah. So and where are you off to? Uh, I'm going to Arctic. Nice. Arctic Lodge. Uh, yes. Uh, Kelly and somebody else. Kelly and Kelly and is it Rob or I don't know the, the little the little childs. Yes, it's a it's a beautiful place as well, and uh, it's uh, a little further east of where I am, and uh, fishing's great there too. Yeah. No, I yeah I know. Well, Brad, I just I'm. Didn't I'm really pleased that you came clean because I wasn't sure if that was going to be a secret or not. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is odd timing. Not a secret. I just, just didn't want to, just don't want to have that guilt thing like in the back. Bad juju. (laughs) Bad juju. Well, the most important thing is you're going fishing. Yeah, I know. I know. And that doesn't happen so often. No, it doesn't. It happened. This is my first time this year. It might be my last. I don't know. It was last year. Last year, uh, we did one fly-in, and that's all the fishing I did almost the whole season, other than a few hours here and there. It was not good. It's not good. Isn't that incredible? Like We're in the fishing industry, and uh, we love hunting. We love fishing. We love the outdoors. But we don't actually personally do a lot of it. I know. Well, and it's extra sad for you because you're right there. There's a lake. There's the, the, nature. There's a lake right I can throw a baseball and hit the lake right now. And uh, I fished for one hour this year. Oh, yeah. wah, wah, wah. I know. You get, a little, you get a little more opportunity later in the season, if I remember our conversations, all right? Like kind of that late so, August, yeah. September. Yes. Um, coming up middle of July here, we took a week off to have some family time. Yeah. And uh, that's when my brother comes up with his wife, his kids, my yeah. parents, uh, my wife. 
and uh, it's been changing over the years. Uh, my nieces are uh, are nine and going to be eight, and they absolutely love fishing. So I don't actually get to hold a rod, but uh, I get to be their personal guide, and uh, we go fishing every single day. So uh, you are totally the favorite uncle. One hundred percent. You know, it's so cute. I wake up in the morning. And I uh, start the boat just to get it warmed up. And they're running out of their cabins. You can't leave without us. I'm not. I'm just warming up the boat. I got breakfast made. You know, we're not going to leave for another 15 minutes. And and uh, actually, that's I love catching fish. But it's more rewarding to watch them catch fish and uh, put smiles on their face. Because that's, that's how I started. You're our kind of people. I have a little intro so our guests know who exactly you are. Um, so Derek Uniat... Did I say Uniat correctly? You did. Nailed it. Um, and his brother Desi are the owners of Lloyd Lake Lodge, a world-class flying fishing lodge located in northern Saskatchewan. Now, this I got off the website, so I'm going to quote yeah. this. Uh, Desi and Derek's grandfather found out Sam Qualls wanted to sell the lodge in early September 2011 and called his boys home the following weekend. As soon as they sat down, he announced that Lloyd Lake Lodge was for sale and that they were going to buy it. The plane was already waiting on the runway. Sam's words to Desi and Derek, I was fortunate to own this place for 11 years, but it never should have been mine. It should have always been yours. Like all great stories, there's a lot more to this one, but it's best heard directly from Desi or Derek. Well, that full day, um, one of the best days of my life, and uh, it was life-changing. Um, my family started coming up to the lodge in the late 70s, and... Uh, them it was a way to get away from from the world and uh, the pressures of owning a small family business and uh, we can come out here and it was our family time and I was very fortunate I was uh, four years old way back in 1989 uh, when I was invited on my first trip and uh, my grandfather was a fisherman and uh, ever since 1989 he never forgot me on a single trip and uh, it was a time where my brother and I were teenagers and we would come up to the lodge. Our parents would send us here for 10 days, two weeks, three weeks at a time. And uh, I grew up on the lake and this is how I spent my summer holidays. And uh, with the guys and uh, I, I grew up with absolutely everybody. And of course, it was always our passion to, to own the place and it was just never for sale. And uh, my grandfather's health was failing. And uh, 2011 was going to be the first year that my family hasn't come up since 1977. And uh, sure enough, luck had it that uh, place came up for sale. Uh, we were asked to come home, and we were told that the plane was on the runway. And go by the dream. And uh, switch professions overnight. And uh, we purchased the place that weekend. And the next week, we were supposed to fly in with the whole family and uh, grandfather passed. He never made the trip. So uh, we took the place, we completely renovated from uh, the boats to the roofs, to the ceilings, to the balconies, uh, to the bathrooms, to the beds. We literally renovated the whole place. And uh, it was always my grandfather's piece of peace, but we turned it into our paradise. And uh, we've been going strong, and uh, and been doing doing it ever since. 
So I have had the good fortune of being to your lodge with the prior owner and with you under ownership. So as some people who listen know, or maybe don't know, I get about one trip a year to fish. And we usually try to go to a lodge in Northern Saskatchewan or Manitoba with my dad, my bestie and his dad. And, uh, under the old, I can, I can attest to a couple of things under the old owner. Uh, I mean, it's a beautiful, we had a, I, this is a while ago now, probably 15, 15, 18 years ago, we, we went the first time, but it was a little rundown. It's easy, convenient to get to. Uh, it's just 45 minutes, uh, little, little hop, skip and a jump across the, uh, uh, from Fort McMurray. But I think the thing I think that that's I rare remember, too. Huh? that's rare to have such a quick trip. Yeah. yeah. So I think the, the, the thing I remember most about, uh, the old, the old lodge and the old owner is he wasn't keeping up totally with, um, with maintenance as, as much. And that was the scariest landing I've ever had in my life. Uh, when we landed on that old, uh, uh, sand strip and it was like, and you're laughing cause you know what I'm talking about. It was bumpy. And I, I just remember Mitch is in the front of the plane. I can't see anything in front of us. And we come in the caravan and we just keep bumping. We're just bumping along. And you're not a nervous flyer either. No, no, I'm not nervous. <laughs> and I wasn't actually nervous even when we were bumping until Mitch, I saw him put both hands on the on the top on the, on the dash like we were gonna crash and I thought oh, oh and then we stopped and we get out and uh yeah we weren't we weren't 50 meters from the tree line where we stopped but I asked you this is sorry long-winded story but I asked you and when you bought it I'm like you know I would fix that runway that's uh you know maybe the first thing you you should do and he laughed because you know what I'm talking about so you yep. spread out the runway nice and smooth and you know, once we got there the second time, that was the first thing we noticed is we didn't have that bumpy uh, uh, taxiway, I guess. And then, yeah, you totally redid the lodges. You totally redid the cabins. You totally redid the kitchen, if I remember correctly, or the lodge. Um, it was it was quite the 180. So uh, that was maybe, I don't like to usually talk that long, but it's a very um, strong memory of mine is, uh, you know, Lloyd Lake Lodge, one of my first trips bouncing along and then you taking it over and said, yeah, we fixed it and you did fix it. So tell us about the lodge. Tell us about the fishery. Tell us about the challenges of, of, uh, of those first couple of years when you, when you, when you took over. Well, the first couple of years, the first thing you mentioned was the runway. Um, it was, uh, it was not, well, it wasn't upkept at all. Uh, probably 15 years, nothing was touched to it. And uh, as we're speaking right now, I have uh, two private planes uh, that people flew in themselves, guests flew in themselves on my runway right now. And uh, you were talking about the caravans, Cessna 208, great plane, uh, workhorse of the North Country. The planes I got right now are a little pacer and a 172. So we can fly, or smaller aircraft like that can fly in without any issues. And uh, the lodge itself, we have six guest cabins, sleep anywhere between two and six people. And uh, breakfast is at the main lodge. Lunch is prepared by your guides with morning's catch. And supper is a, is a little upscale meal uh, right back at the main lodge. And uh, fishing-wise, we target four species. Um, on Lloyd Lake itself, the one right behind me, uh, the main species is walleye. 
Uh, we also have Northern Pike and Grayling in Lloyd Lake. Um, I have, uh, I guess, seven different lakes and uh, river systems that we have access to right from the main lodge. And that's where we target our lake trout. So uh, we target the four species. However, though, uh, we do catch, uh, you know, whitefish and burbot and, and other species that we don't necessarily target, but it's a nice little surprise on, on the end of the line. What, what do most guests prefer to target while they're there? Uh, that's a great question. It all depends on which part of the world you're from. Uh, Canadian guests, they love their walleye. And uh, if you go a little south of Canada, it's uh, the big northern pike fishing, which is a great time. Uh, they just started to hit uh, probably about 10 days ago. So we're right in the middle of the, the heavy season of that. And uh, Lake Trout is always a nice little bonus. And to finish off the Grand Slam, usually the last species they try to target is the Grayling. That's what I would want to do. I've they're... never caught one before. And apparently they're feisty and they're just beautiful fish. Oh, they're absolutely gorgeous and uh, catching them is a real neat thing. Once you get them close to the shore or to the boat, uh, they're like little darts and just little, little swims back and forth. And it's, they're, they're beautiful in the water. They're purple. They've got the big dorsal fin. And where we're really fortunate up here is the size of them. Um, we've caught them upwards to two pounds. And uh, the average one is probably pound, pound and a half where uh, I fish for them in other waters where you're catching, they're six, eight inches long. Great to catch, still a beautiful fish, but uh, we just have you know, little bigger ones. So on your hour journey, the only hour that you've spent fishing so far this year, what were you targeting? Uh, I was targeting for the first half hour, um, we caught some lake trout and uh, that was part of our, our supper. And uh then the other half hour was uh, targeting a big pike. I had a little bet with uh, a few of my guides that uh, I'll be back within half an hour with a pike over 40 inches. And uh, I showed up 32 minutes later instead of 30 minutes later. So I was two minutes late. But uh, I put up a great fight. It was in the weeds and uh, took me a few extra minutes to get it out of the weeds. Yeah, well, uh -huh. fair enough. Did they give you that grace or did you lose the bet? I lost the bet. Mm, it happens. We won't hold it against you. I know. Uh, next time I'll, I'll try a little better. You know, 32 minutes to catch a trophy fish. Uh, you just you just need more practice is all. Yeah, more I, 100%. I, I need more than an hour, you know, within uh, the first uh, month of the season here, I guess. Mm, absolutely. Okay. So you, 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 I'd like you, you told us a little bit about the family history, but tell me about the history, you and your brother. Um, Let's talk uh, about food. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, th that was the one thing that that definitely changed also, not, aside from the the runway and the facilities, was the uh, was the cuisine. So uh, tell me how uh, how the cuisine changed under under your leadership uh, and your background and your reasoning behind that. Well, uh, I grew up in the food industry. Uh, that was our, our family business. So I was always around food when I was younger. And uh, as I grew older, I, uh, I moved to the, to the food industry and I, uh, I got an education degree uh, and uh, I became a chef. And I really pride myself in local ingredients uh, done right and a little bit more upscale than what you typically expect at a fishing lodge. And 
95% of my products come from uh, either Alberta or Saskatchewan. And it's mom and pop little shops. It's uh, a small family greenhouse. It's a, uh, it's a small, small potato farmer. It's, it's a small chicken farmer. And we try to source the best ingredients we can. And we offer that to our guests. Do you forage as well? We do, uh, depending on the time of year. And of course it's mother nature. Uh, some years we have great morale mushrooms, uh, starting about mid August through September blueberries uh, we have some hillsides that look like lakes they're just covered in blueberries hmm. so it's it's blueberry everything is blueberry pancakes blueberry muffins blueberry compote um, i like i like blueberries i'll come for some blueberry pancakes that sounds delicious oh it's it's fantastic and uh you know there's some years that we pick over 400 pounds of blueberries uh, they're plentiful and of course uh you know the lake is teeming with fish and uh doesn't get any fresher than that there's been times where well, almost a daily thing here, you catch a fish and within half an hour, it's in your belly. And uh, there's not a lot of places in this world that you can go down the store and catch a fish or get a fish that that's fresh or that is that fresh. And uh, I have some of the best seafood in the world because it's literally caught right behind me. Cool. Cool. Um, so the other thing that I learned from your website that I want to talk about on the uh, topic of food is that you are also a TV star. No big deal. Uh, yes, uh, I've been on a couple couple of cooking shows and uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, I was able to be on Chopped. And, I watched uh, it. Yeah, that was that was one of my highlights. And of course, it wasn't the result that uh, I was looking for. I had uh, some great competitors and uh, just, just, just uh, outcooked me there. Brad's, However, though, Brad's uh, frowning a little bit because he's. Oh, I didn't know like... that. When was that? Was that recently? Uh, this has got to go back about well, five years ago. Huh? I found oh, it okay. online. I didn't oh, watch it. It was back recently. Then. Yeah, since but, I. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't the point that, uh, you know, I, I never wanted a big prize. It was the point of look where I am and I made it to Chopped. And uh, I was able to go there and compete, and it was it was a whirlwind. It's it was a great experience. So the premise it, of Chopped is that they and I didn't know this before I watched your episode, but they give all the chefs. There's four, four of you. Yes, yes. Uh, they give all the chefs a certain list of ingredients that they have to use in their meal, and then they break it down into like appetizer, main, whatever. And then after every course, somebody gets chopped chopped like that oh yeah that and incorrect. and so they're like the ingredient list is is like was it matcha that they made you use for coated biscuit sticks or something like the really random ingredients but this episode was like a fish type of episode and i was really rooting for you not only because i kind of know you but because the whole premise is that you have to find all of these things and you don't have a grocery store down the street that you can just go get what you need. Like you need to make your meals work with what yes. you have with your 400 pounds of blueberries. Yes. <laughs> right. And uh, for the show, what you see on TV, that's exactly how it is. They don't tell you the ingredients until they say, open up the basket and boom, it's there. And as soon as you open that basket, it's 20 minutes now. Um, you get a couple of minutes to walk through the pantry that they have set for you. And uh, one thing that will stick out in my mind forever is I knew I wanted some spice. 
and they had a bucket full of peppers and I wasn't even looking. I just running by, I grabbed with my hand and I ran back to my station and it was a ghost chili. Oops. I, I knew what it was. I was pretty sure, but uh, time is flying. I'm like, you know what? I got to taste this thing and make sure I understand what it is. So my first minute on international television, I put a ghost chili in my mouth. And my head just went up, poof, and everybody on stage was laughing at me. And uh, however, though, I, I was able to tame it down and get some flavor out of it instead of just heat. But uh, the years after that, everyone who's seen the episode and comes up here, they give me the weirdest ingredients. They will bring me a, a ghost chili plant or, uh, you know, dried ghost chilies or, and, uh, you know, it's a big joke. Hey, Derek, you know, you want to stick one of these in your mouth or, hey, Derek, can you cook with this? And quite honestly, I, I don't want to see a ghost chili again. You get one in your stocking every year, don't you? I do. Uh, yeah. It's always a ghost chili hot sauce or something like that. I'm like, it's five years already. And I'm like, yeah, but it's never going to get old. <laughs> but that's all right. Cool. Well, now I'm going to have to look that up because I didn't know that. So I'll send you the link. Yeah, I, I watched it in preparation while I was like deep diving. So oh. I felt a bit I felt a bit strange watching TV at work, but as, it as was for can, a reason. Yeah, as you can tell, Jess is the podcast uh, producer and I just provide the you just show up and look pretty yeah the personality is what i provide yeah oh perfect well i didn't know if this was going to be a video or uh just an audio and it's, I thought it's, it's going to be audio it, i'm going to be the you know the prettiest uh podcast member and uh also it's like yeah. video wow uh perfect yeah no it looks you got one of the better backgrounds or so so just so everybody knows we are talking to derek at his lodge right now who's listening which is why you hear birds tripping in the background, which, which makes me tripping. so happy. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, uh, Starlink, right? Yes, absolutely. There you go. Um, so one of the things we like to do on the pod is is we like to talk a little bit about... We try to bring the people pod. different That made you podcasts, sound so professional. Oh, you call it a pod. Okay. I'm proud of you. You're just getting Thank into you. your personality. Sorry, yeah, so go I'm on. A, I'm, a, I'm a podder now. I don't know if that's a word. I don't anyway. think that's a term. Um, so we like to look at different aspects of the outdoor industry, um, you know, guiding, retail, distribution, manufacturing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're the first lodge that we've had on, and we've tried to have, uh, have you on for a bit now, just because I think there's a lot of people that, that dream of owning a fishing lodge and make a living, uh, owning a fishing lodge. So I want you to to dive to put your business cap on for a few minutes and tell us about uh, you know the the reality and the challenges and the happy things that that come with owning a a business that is a fishing lodge. Uh, that's a great question, and I get this a lot. It's it's a lot of people's dreams, um, you know, to retire by a fishing lodge and uh, you know make a little living, a little little happy retirement, or uh, you know. For myself, I, I was quite young when I when I jumped into this, and uh, everybody has a thousand questions about it. And my very first thing I tell people to do is walk inside your bathroom at, at your house, knock down everything, take a sledgehammer to it, and rebuild it over the weekend. And if you're able to put in a brand new shower, new toilet, new plumbing, new everything, then yes, think about owning a lodge. Because when you're up here, there's absolutely zero help. Um, you have your two hands and you got to play plumber. You got to play electrician. You got to play fishing guide. You got to play chef, um, chief cook, uh, 
bottle washer, you name it. You got to hold every single title and you have to be able to uh, adapt. You're living off grid and things happen every single day. And uh, you got to have the patience and you got to have the know-how. And of course, you get that over the years. And of course, I'm still not an expert on anything. I'm a, I'm a chef by trade. I'm, I'm not a mechanic. I'm not a plumber. I'm not any of those. But uh, you got to learn how to be, you know, how can I put it, flexible. And, uh, you know, the happy times, people always ask me, you live up there for five months, five and a half months out of the year. Do you ever get cabin fever, um, you know, away from civilization or anything like that? And I tell them, absolutely not. Every Sunday and every Wednesday, I have new guests coming in from all over the world and you meet new faces. And when people come here, they're not, uh, they're coming here to relax. They're coming here to enjoy the wilderness. They're coming here to catch a few fish. So you're constantly dealing with happy faces. However, though, um, on the background side, um, one of the, our main focuses is making sure the guests have a great time and everything's flawless. And on the back end, it's always patching, let it be changing a prop or, um, you know, doing maintenance on machines. Machines are made to be broken. And uh, every day is a new adventure and there's always something different. Um, but, but the best part about owning the lodge is meeting all the new people. And uh, my guess, everywhere across the spectrum from you know the normal guy your neighbor down the street all the way to celebrities to athletes to, to politicians and absolutely everything in between so it's a it's a great little scope so tell us about you know how you get your clients um tell us about the competition and uh um you know tell us how tell us how that side of things works um, our clients, they all, they all come in through Fort McMurray. Uh, we use a, a private charter, McMurray Aviation, and, uh, our flights come in on Wednesdays and Sundays and, uh, Fort McMurray, people think it's an oil city town and 100% it is. However, though, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful, small city, let's call it. And, uh, there's probably between Air Canada and WestJet probably 78 flights a day from either Calgary or Edmonton, uh, direct flights from Vancouver and also Toronto. So it doesn't matter which part of the world you're coming from. Uh, we are very, very easily accessible. So you fly into Fort McMurray, you hop into one of our private charters and within 45 minutes, like you said, um, you're on my runway and uh, within a couple minutes, you're on the end of my dock going fishing. Um, for competition wise, when I first started out um, over a decade ago as owner, um, there was a lot of places and slowly, slowly, um, the pandemic, uh, hurt a lot of them and there's not a lot of people like me around anymore. And, uh, with competition, I wouldn't necessarily even call it competition. All of us are so much different and, uh, we really, really help each other and we try to accommodate people's needs. Uh, some, some of the lodges that uh, you can get to from Fort McMurray, they don't have walleye and some guess that's what they're after. And um, other places, they might have something that I don't have. So when a guest comes and says, I specifically want this, well, you know, my friend owns this lodge over there. 
And I would love to sell you a trip. However, though, the experience you're looking for, please go there. So actually, we're not really competition. We work as a team. Uh, we want people to come to our great province of Saskatchewan here. And uh, we want people to return and to go back home with great stories. So competition, not really there. We're all in it together and we help each other out. Cool. A Very lovely good. answer. Very heartwarming. It is. And uh, it's it's nice to be part of, you know, let's call it a community where it's not uh, an individual thing. It's, hey, you know, we're all in the same industry, but, uh, you know, there's room for everybody. Yeah, we, we all we, Yeah, we, um, so we have kind of a similar, like there's three, there's three main Canadian tackle manufacturers left. There's us, there's Brex and there's Lucky Strike. And we have a very, very cordial relationship as well. It's, uh, you know, Dustin, the, one of the owners of Lucky Strike is one of my good buddies. So it's uh it's it's fun when you're you have more of a collaborative, friendly competition type of a relationship as opposed to a um trying to beat each other up and give that you know anxiety building emotions when you see them or whatever. So yeah, it's good. It's good it's good it travels between our industries. I think hopefully it's a lot of outdoor industries like that. Oh absolutely. And uh this morning, I had one of my guests come in, and uh, he's from Calgary, and he's retired. And he goes, you know what? I found something in my tackle box. I need to give to you, Derek. And sure, you know, what, what is it? And uh, believe it or not, he pulled out a Len Thompson hook. And it was his old company from the early 90s, still in the original packaging. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of laughed. I said, you know what? I have a podcast with Brad, and he's the owner of uh, Len Thompson. And uh, just so happened that this morning he brought that out to me. So uh, it's it's kind of great that, uh, you know, talking to you and that's the hook that he that he brought out. And he had to share him with everybody. Yeah, well, what's what's his name? Uh, his name is Dean Potter. Hey, Dean. Thanks for supporting us, Dean. We appreciate it. <laughs> Catch and, lots of uh, fish. Yeah, Catch lots still, of fish. He's still casting them, so. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think with that, I think we'd like to, is it time we can move into the rapid, rapid fire? fire. Yeah, rapid now, fire. I don't mean to put you on the spot here, Derek, but have you listened to a podcast before? Yes. Okay, good. Okay, good. So you are familiar with, with how rapid fire works. Uh, I'm ready for it. You <laughs> look nervous. Yeah. nervous. Uh, no, don't worry. Just give me a couple minutes. I'll flow into it here. Okay. <laughs> That's the fun part. So eight eight questions, uh, thirty seconds each. Uh, Jess and I go back and forth here, and uh, and uh, then we're then we're good to go. Okay, sounds good. All right. So, question number one: Tell us about your secret hot spot at the lodge. Secret hot spot. Actually, I put up a sign, and it's in a little tiny bay, and uh, I tell people they're not allowed to go there. And uh, every time I go back, I have another sheet of paper over top of my name saying it's not Derek's spot. And uh, that's actually where I got the trophy one a couple of days ago here in my half an hour of trophy hunting. Cool. All right. I didn't get to the timer in time, um, but I think that was under 30 seconds. That was very well done. Yeah, Perfect. And, Derek's been. And, we'll and look no, one else, no one else is allowed there. 
and all of a sudden my name gets removed from it every second day. <laughs> Question number two, your favorite childhood memory at the lodge? Favorite childhood memory. Oh, there's, there's so many, but I got 30 seconds here. It was probably my very first time leaving. I was sitting on the deck. I was four years old. I was crying my eyes out. And the ex-owner came up to me and said, uh, hey, Derek, you know, why are you crying? And I said, because I never want to leave. And yeah. uh, now I don't have to. <laughs> cool. Uh, question number three. What is the thing you are most proud of that you and your brother have done, your family has done, since taking ownership? Taking ownership is... Uh, the best, most rewarding thing is just creating memories. Um, this is how we grew up in the outdoors. And uh, to see families return year after year and to see smiles and see, you know, a kid catch their first trophy fish, uh, you know, that's going to be with them for their lifetime. And uh, they're going to pass it on generation and generation. It's just passing on the tradition of fishing. Cool. Sub question. Breaking the rules. Sub how, many kids, how many kids do you get? up at the lodge do do people bring children often absolutely uh yes um kid wise uh typically not as young as i was mm -hmm. but uh teenagers and it's it's a great family trip and especially in the summertime once the kids are done school um they come up and they sit on the boat with their father just like i did when i was growing up i'm gonna bring my son when he's 12 perfect so that's my that's my He's seven right now. So we've got some time. Okay. I'm yeah, just making that commitment to you now. Book me in. Okay. Sounds good. Five years okay. from now, 2028. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, question number four, what is the most popular culinary dish that you serve your guests? Ghost chilies. Uh, okay. So that first half hour that I went fishing this year was for lake trout. And uh, I smoke lake trout right in house here. And I make a smoked lake trout chowder. And uh, on a cooler day, you know, I can see the weather. And uh, that's been a favorite since day one. And uh, I make it twice a week. Nice. Well, that sounds delicious. All right. Uh, question number six. Uh, you had mentioned during your um, spiel about the challenges and joys of owning a lodge is that you have to be kind of everything. So I'm curious to know, what is the biggest emergency that you have had to deal with? Biggest emergency? Um, well, I haven't had a huge one, but uh, one that happened this spring, I had, a, I had a fisherman come back and he was taking a hook out of a pike and he put the hook right through his palm of his hand. And uh, someone had to pull it out. So I told him I'm going to do it on three and I pulled on two. Got the hook out, patched him up, and he was good to go on the boat again. I imagine that that's not the only hook that you've had to take out. Nope, it happens a couple times a year. I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> uh, question number seven. Now, I'm going to give, okay, I've never done this before. Oh. I'm going to give you 60 seconds for this one. Ooh. Okay. I'm breaking the rules of rapid fire, but... It's it's a story that I've told to a fair number of people, so I'd like to, you to try to put it into 60 seconds, okay? So there's been a lot of fires this year across Canada. Um, you have quite an uh, interesting story about a fire. Uh, 
in your neck of the woods. So tell us in 60 seconds your your Lloyd Lake Lodge fire story. Okay. Um, it was back in the spring of 2018. We came up in uh, in the beginning of May to set up camp. And uh, we noticed uh, probably 15 miles away, uh, we saw a little puff of smoke flying in. And it was just a tiny little fire. And within a week, uh, it came up to a great place. And uh, the fire was coming at the lodge. So we hosted two fire crews, uh, Saskatchewan's finest. And uh, at the very last second, two water bottles came and dropped an area of retirement 10 feet away from one cabin and uh, along the backside. And that's when the flames came and uh, the lodge was saved. There, we must have had 50 sprinklers in camp and uh, 50 pumps in the lake. And uh, we survived our own forest fire. Wow. The I'm 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 going to put some words in your mouth, unless unless I'm remembering this incorrectly. Was there not a point where the firefighters unhooked the floating dock and put you into the lake and said, "Stay there until." One hundred percent. We unhooked a piece of the dock oh. from the lake and. Uh, we put us on boats and we had two float planes attached to the dock and uh, I wasn't going to leave the lake. If the place was going to go, I want to be there. And um, when the smoke cleared, I saw the firefighters still working and we hopped back on land and we fought the fires ourselves and uh, the place was safe. The firefighters said, hey, you know, we worked really hard. Can you make my crew something to eat? And the flame was still blazing around us. I know I'm going over a minute and I looked at them as if they were crazy. So I made something neat. They took off their boots, came in, and as soon as they finished, they said, you know what? We're going to go fight your fire again. And that's what they did for a living, and they did it as calmly as can be. And to me, you know, the flames are over 100 feet high going over my kitchen, and here I am cooking for them. It was it's quite the experience. Wow. Yeah, so if you if you do get a chance, you you could, I, I just, I, I love that story. And it, it's, you can, you can talk for a lot more than 60 seconds about it so anyways yes. but i broke the rule i'm sorry but That's i felt okay, like it was I, get, it. I give you permission that was yeah i felt that, like it was worth it yeah okay and you can add firefighter to your list of things that you had to do <laughs> at the lodge yourself okay uh last question what is your number one favorite story to tell your guests Wow. Uh, I got 20 seconds. Number one story is probably uh, the biggest walleye I've ever caught in the lake. I was fishing with my father and he said he was going to have a sandwich. And I said, you know what? The second you have that sandwich, a fish is going to bite. It's going to be the lodge record. And he kind of laughed, handed me the rod. And within a second, the fish bit. And uh, sure enough, it's the lodge record. <laughs> How big is the lodge record? 31 inches. Nice. And uh, it was just over 15 pounds. Cool. Who has the, the family record? Yeah, family. Brad? Brad? Who's the, oh, who's Brad? the record in, in our family? Just you want to clarify who's the biggest fish in, you know? Hmm? Hmm? It's not gloating isn't a good shade of color for you, Jess. I didn't hear you say who has the record, though. Just I'm looking just... for information, factual information. Be careful what you wish for. It might get broken. It could get broken this week. Yeah, or it could it. get broken in 2028 when I take Max up to Lloyd Lake Lodge. Well, there you go. Or that. 
All right, Derek. Thank you so much for your participation in Rapid Fire. You did great. Yep, you were on spot on. You did great. Um, last but not least, we ask all of our guests to tell a fishing joke. I I've been watching a few of your podcasts, and yes, there's always been a fishing joke. And I'm trying to think something that I can say that's clean. And uh it doesn't have to be like super clean. PG thirteen. PG thirteen is fine. All right, well, let's do uh one that I've heard a couple of times already this year, and over uh, the last decade here, I probably heard it fifty times. And uh, people that always say that uh, fish are way smarter than humans, and you kind of look like, you know, what do you mean? How are fish smarter than humans? Well, have you ever seen a fish spend its entire paycheck to try catch a human? And it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, people drop their whole paychecks just to try to catch a fish. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, oh, that's good. Good, good. I like that one. Yeah. Yes, yeah, a little little cleaner, but... Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's very clean. Very that clean. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to share with us, Derek? Absolutely. Uh, I was thinking, uh, I want to share my favorite, my favorite poem. You're asking about a fishing joke, but my favorite fishing poem. And it's an older poem written probably going back uh, 40, 50 years ago by a gentleman named Frank Pavlik. And uh, after what the world has seen uh, the last few years here and everything's back to normal, um, a lot of people are reciting it and they actually feel it in their hearts. And uh, it's kind of funny because this is the poem that we used to use 30 years ago. Uh, when when things just got too much and we had to get get out and, and head on the water. And uh, the poem is called Gone Fishing. And uh, it's, you can keep your cash incentives. You can keep your overtime. To the boys, I wish good fortune. Pass my blessings down the line. Tell the boss I'll miss him. And tell the wife I'll miss her too. But the rat race has got me cornered. And there's something that I must do. Though I have some obligations that I'll never try to shake. There comes a certain moment when it's time to take a break. And my time is now in history, head home to get the gear. Doesn't matter, kids, family, friends, I'm about to disappear. No more dreaming, no more wishing. Wave goodbye. I'm gone fishing. Nice. Super and nice. That's going to be, that video will be up on social media. That's fantastic. <laughs> we've never, absolutely. we've had a banjo, but we've never had a poem. Never yeah, had a poem, true. and uh, I love it. And uh, you know, fishing. You guys are in the same industry, and uh, it's it's something people do to get away from their normal lives, to be out in nature, and to relax and to recharge. Absolutely. And uh, and when things get too much, go on the water, grab a rod, and go catch a fish. Cool, Derek. How do we? Uh, how do our guests or our listeners uh, find out more about you? Uh, if you find out more about us, uh, we're online, uh, www.lloydlakelodge.com. And uh, we're on social media as well, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, just search Lloyd Lake Lodge and uh, find us that way. You, you can YouTube us. Uh, there's several videos of us on YouTube, uh, you know, different, different species we're catching, different TV episodes, and uh, you can see what we're all about. Very good. Well, thank you, uh, Derek, for uh, taking time out of out of your busy summer 
And uh, thanks to uh, Mr. Musk for uh, allowing us to have this conversation from the middle of nowhere. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm quite shocked how, how uh, clear, this is. clear this is. And, uh, you know, it's better than talking to somebody over a landline, for goodness sakes. So anyways. <laughs> you betcha. Thanks, Elon. <laughs> <laughs> have a great summer, Derek. It was nice chatting with you. Absolutely. Go fishing and, and have some fun this summer. Great. Until next time, listeners, happy fishing.